This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. By the book on BFM 89.9. Hello, everybody, and welcome to By the Book. I'm Lee Chui Lin. With me, as always, my fellow Malaysian, Sharmila Ganesan. Hello. So we're in that period in between Merdeka and Malaysia Day where there's a lot of focus on our country and on national identity. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at exactly that through the lens because it is our show of books. Yes. So in this episode and the next one that's coming up, we spoke to nine Malaysians and we asked them the following questions. What is a Malaysian book you would recommend and why? What was your experience reading that book? And what does this book represent in terms of the idea of Malaysian literature? So those are the three questions. And we're going to hear first from poet Dinesha Kartigesu, who starts us off with a poetry recommendation. So a Malaysian book that I would recommend is actually Melissa Rani Tisilva's poetry collection, Tebu. Um, and I would recommend it because it's it's just a great collection of poetry. It's shocking, it's confrontational, but surprisingly also finds ways to be gentle and soft. You know, uh, I think sometimes when you see a spoken word poet perform, pre-pandemic of course, you know, when we put open mics and stuff like that, you think you get a vibe of who they are as people, you get a vibe of who they are as work, but nothing quite reads like their poetry collection. You feel like, in a way, you're reading their diary, but also this diary is like hyper-curated and it really makes you understand the layers of who this person is. So when I think of Malaysian book, I think of this book because it reminds me of what it is to be Malaysian. It reminds me of what it means to be Malaysian Indian and the experiences we go through. So while this book actually is just purely focused on the experience of one person, Melissa, the poet, I think there's so much here that anyone, whether you're Malaysian or not, can actually relate to. When you first asked me this question about a Malaysian book or Malaysian literature, the two books that came to mind was uh, Bernice Charlie's novel and this book of poetry. And the reason why I would choose Taboo uh, as the book to recommend is because I still remember words and lines and the feelings that I felt reading Taboo. That's not to say I didn't go through an emotional rollercoaster reading Bernice's work, but for some reason Taboo just still sticks with me and in prep for this conversation, reading it again, like I said, brought back everything all over again. And I think that is a testament to the writing. I remember there were so many moments when I had to pause and breathe. There was a lot of gasping in my memory. Uh, and as, as sort of like preparing for this conversation, I went through and I read through it again. And I felt all those emotions again. Because I think there was something about someone saying all these things that I know I've wanted to say. Or putting into words all the ways I have felt before at some point or another. And I just remember thinking, wow, you can say these things, huh? In Boca, not going to get into trouble, is it? And that's what I felt. Uh, and it felt very validating as, as someone who also writes poetry as a Malaysian Indian person. I will be honest, um, I, grew, I grew up reading a lot and I still read a lot. But when I think of what I've always thought of Malaysian literature is the books we read for Komsai. It's the books they make you read for SPM and they force you to read it. And for the longest time, I couldn't imagine what it is to be a Malaysian author, to be a Malaysian writer. Because I think 
I really just thought, you know, if you want to be a Malaysian author writer, you have to write a DM and you have to write something that fits into like, you know, the, the cultural policy, and that sort of thing. So I think this book to me reads as Malaysian literature because sometimes you're reading a good book and something happens to a character or the character says something and you just pause and go, oh, I remember that feeling. I know what that's like. But to have it be so Malaysian is what makes this book feel like Malaysian literature to me because it's so relatable. That was poet Dinesha Kartigesu talking about Taboo by Melissa Rani Selva, a poetry collection that explores Malaysianness, identity and love, among other themes. Up next, we have Erika Eng, who is an Eisner Award-winning cartoonist, sharing the work of another Malaysian illustrator she enjoys. The book that I would recommend is Romina Yi's Carpet Merchant of Constantia. Partly because I think it's just a really well-crafted graphic novel overall and a great reading experience for anyone. I'm a comic artist myself, so I'm biased towards comics. And I always advocate a good graphic novel. This in particular, I think is really beautiful. It has a lot of endearing characters, and lovely moments and illustrations throughout the book. It's also quite big, it's a thick book. So there's a lot of pages for you to devour if you like. I like that sort of thing. So So I ordered this book from a bookshop and it came on a weekend. And I just spent that whole day just reading it. I tend to read really fast, so I kind of finished it in one sitting. Then after that, I revisited it for the illustrations just to admire it because it's really beautiful. The story itself, it... Uh, it unfolds and in a way that you get to watch these characters grow and mature. And I don't want to spoil it too much, but you get to watch them mature in their love for one another and for the people around them. So the character progression, I felt, was really gratifying to, to read. And also the motifs in the story, there's a lot of flower motifs, a lot of graphic motifs. Since the book is inspired by a lot of Islamic art, uh, Romena has very cleverly like woven all these interesting patterns and motifs throughout the whole book. And in some pages, you can see just the backgrounds of the characters, the panels, or even the page around surrounding the panels. Like you can see all these like patterns. So. I think it's a book that you can always revisit and just to look at the art, not even to read it for like inspiration. <laughs> it's a really good book just to have on the shelf and to revisit from time to time and to delve into the lives of these characters that I feel like Romina has put a lot of care and thought into crafting. I feel like most Malaysians would probably be able to have a deeper appreciation for this story. Maybe because we're raised in a Muslim-majority nation, so we are familiar with the religion of Islam maybe more than other countries. So I feel like that appreciation runs deep and we can appreciate that about this book. And just the individual in a larger community and the love of an individual 
that an individual has for their community and their family, and also for God. I think it's quite essential to the way Malaysian society has been for a long time. So yeah, those are themes that I think I relate to in this book. That was Erica Eng, cartoonist and creator of the webcomic Fried Rice, talking about her recommendation of Ramina Yee's The Carpet Merchant of Constantinia uh, for its beauty, detail and depth of storytelling. So you're listening to the first of two special episodes of By the Book, which celebrate and highlight Malaysian literature by asking some Malaysians to share their favourite local reads. Up next, we're going to hear more diverse picks. In the meantime, though, what are some of your favourite Malaysian books and authors? You can send them our way. WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Write to us at bythebook at bfm.my. Be free-minded. BFM 89.9. Hello, everybody. You are listening to Buy the Book with Lynn and Sharmila. It's that time of year between Merdeka and Malaysia Day where we often find ourselves exploring our country and the notion of Malaysian identity. In line with that, this is the first of two episodes in which we're exploring that through books, specifically recommendations of Malaysian books by Malaysians. So we've spoken to nine Malaysians and today you'll be hearing from five and we asked them three questions. What's a Malaysian book you'd recommend and why? What was your experience reading this book? And what does this book represent in terms of the idea of Malaysian literature? Earlier, we heard from poet Dinesha Kartigesu and cartoonist Erica Ng. Up next, we have Alina Amir, CEO and co-founder of Arus Academy, sharing her pick. A Malaysian book that I would recommend is by uh, Azizi Haji Abdullah called Sangita. It is a beautifully written both in its original language in Malay and also in its translated version in English called Sangita's Duet. Um, so it's a story about an interracial love story between, between two elderly folks who were growing old alone. I would recommend it because... I was really moved by its writing from beginning to end. I was really impressed by how much the author put in effort to teach us about both culture uh, and how subtle the love story goes. So they were truly mentioning that they were falling for one another. Uh, but the author used um, musical instruments from both culture, the tabla and the gambus, uh, to show a connection and also how deeply lonely aging is when you're alone so he was able to describe what it was like to age and to long to be loved um, at that age i really like how it's an interracial love story uh, but instead of focusing it on um, a young puppy love, it's it's between uh, two people who are already in their 80s um, and 70s who have lived their life um, going through this 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 motion of falling in love, but also falling in love in a way that is quote unquote forbidden. Next 
since in school we've been fed with literature that would encourage unity, anything that has a perpaduan theme to it, uh, we would be reading it. This particular book definitely showed the interracial environment that the characters were living in, showed that regardless of race and religion, we do, at the end of the day, care about one another. But there's this unspoken or sometimes spoken rule that we're not supposed to fall in love with one another. So even when we're literally living at uh, the end of our lives, we're not supposed to fall in love. Um, so there's so many, I think, there's so many interracial stories out there already, but this particular one was, um, I felt was really meaningful because the author used a lot of uh, similarities between culture to show that falling in love is inevitable if we're of the same. Um, and, and that is why I enjoyed this book a lot. That was Alina Ame of Arus Academy talking about Sangeeta by Azizi Haji Abdullah, which tells an interracial love story between two elderly Malaysians. Next, BFM's Hanif Baharudin tells us his recommendation. I would like to recommend Matsom, a short graphic novel by Lan, uh, first published in 1989. As to why I would recommend this, I feel like this book captured the essence of life in the city as an outsider, especially for individuals uh, that have to deal with family expectations and juggle that with his or her own personal aspirations, all in a land that's pretty much foreign, essentially. Um, suffice to say that um, because I share a similar narrative with the protagonist of the story, I immediately relate to the themes of this book, albeit in a bit more fortunate and privileged way. Uh, but regardless, the themes definitely speak and resonate with me. Um, it's interesting to say that because I think uh, as a form of literature, I feel like Matsum was truly successful at capturing the zeitgeist of that particular era, um, the 80s and the 90s. Um, somehow one way or another you know based on the kind of uh, narratives that you heard from you know parents you know people who are older than you it felt pretty accurate um, and while some would say that Malaysia has I guess progressed a bit more uh, beyond what was portrayed in the book uh, and that the narrative may not have the resonance it once had um, I feel like you know that that notion might be oversimplifying it a bit I personally feel that the narrative is still relevant even today uh, with its own sets of challenges that might be different in nature uh, but similar in spirit yeah It was an interesting one considering that I read it during my fifth or sixth year leaving my kampung behind. Uh, prior to that, I think I've always been exposed to only the more famous works by Lat, uh, such as Kampung Boy and Town Boy without actually discovering Matsum. Uh, it was actually recommended by a friend who ironically is a city boy, uh, but he told me that I might like it and I might be able to relate to it a lot more. At that time, I had only started work full-time around one year, so the level of excitement was still pretty high. Uh, but at the same time, I was still grappling with, you know, the whole concept or the whole question of like thinking about, you know, how's your family doing at home and what is it like, you know, to be away from them, right? Um, I'm aware of the narrative of people leaving their kampung behind for greener pastures to start a new life, um, especially in the city. I mean, if you think about it, this is something that uh, I guess we don't really necessarily talk about out loud. Uh, among each other but it's definitely you know 
the kind of narrative that you do carry around. You know, you can tell that you know it's unspoken, but especially among my peers, it's something that we always, I guess, carry with us. You know, and 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 somehow um, live through. I suppose. Um, the thing is, um, you know, sometimes you see this thing being talked about or being presented in you know TV dramas or even movies and even literature. But I think. It's rarely reflected in a very nuanced and yet relatable way, and also quite, I guess, poetic. You know, like in Matsum, reading it then made me realize that, hey, you know, this is a different side to Lad that I'm not aware of. You know, sure, his work. You know, if you think about it, has always been, um, has always had that you know slice of life vibe to it. Uh, but this one felt more personal. You know, you can tell. You know, after reading the intro, after going through you know the first few pages, you can immediately tell that he's not just telling a story; he is sharing his story. And one way or another, I can totally relate to that. Um, as I was going through the very same thing he was going through then as well. Yeah, um, true enough. Um, it became something that you know I always thought of, uh, something that I continuously ponder about, regardless of how well or how not well I'm doing. You know, at that particular moment, you know. And it's also something that I ponder, especially now, uh, being so near and yet so far from my family, trying to make sense of life and uh, you know my purpose during this pandemic, all while clinging on to my ambition and aspirations. If you really think about it, uh, this book really hits all the spots for me as someone who feels at home, and yet at the same time feels foreign, living life in the city. Um, the book's strongest sense of identity is in its way of presenting the struggle and the anxiety in trying to find a place where you belong. I think that sense of belonging uh, or looking for a sense of belonging is a common theme that has always been tackled not only in Malaysian literature but also in general. I feel like a lot of Malaysians, heck, you know, Malaysia as a country even, uh, is still grappling with that question. We're not exactly old as a nation, to be honest, so it's um, common for this theme to be explored not only in literature but also everywhere else. Also, obviously, on a more, I think, superficial level, um, the book does not shy away from showing you how life is like living in Malaysia, um, you know, from the way we speak to the way we dress to the kind of idiosyncrasies that I think we live by and observe in our daily lives. Uh, Matsum is really great at showcasing this, making it extremely relatable for readers, especially readers, I would like to think, uh, from that particular era or generation or readers who, you know, perhaps can relate to what Matsum is going through, you know. Um, no pandering or excessive explanation needed to contextualize things, especially you know in in its form as a graphic novel. Um, everything is presented with an expectation that you would quote unquote get it, uh, and every Malaysian who reads this will be able to get what it's trying to present. I think without struggle, you know, that's just my assumption. Uh, but most importantly, I think the question of identity, which was also tackled in a more nuanced manner in this book, is a perfect representation of the kind of themes commonly tackled by Malaysian authors across many books, one way or another. And Matsum tackles it in the best way possible with humor, self realization, self reflection, and humility. And, and I personally feel like that's why I really, really had a great time not only reading it, uh, but also reflecting on it once I was done with it. That 
that was Hanif Baharuddin, presenter and producer of, among other things, I Love KL here on the station. Uh, and he shared his love of Lutz's classic graphic novel, Matsom, specifically for its exploration of a young man trying to make his way in KL in the 80s and 90s. Finally, to close off, we actually started the show with poetry. We'll be closing with more. Here is artist Sharon Chin with her pick. The Malaysian book that I recommend to everybody is Kumpulan Puisi Cerita Dalam Cerita. It's a Bahasa Melayu book by Zurina Hassan. It's actually a collection of her poetry published in 2014. I found out about Zurina Hassan when I was doing research for an exhibition about the myth of Putri Gunung Ledang. She actually had written a poem in Malay, but she also had translated it and posted it to a blog in English. So that's that's how I found out about her and that found out that, wow, we have a National Laureate who's a woman, the first woman. She's an amazing writer. She's actually a bilingual writer, but of course writes mainly in uh, Malay. But the quality of her Malay is like nothing I've, I've read. The music in the Malay, it's very clean, written so very deceptively simple. It's like one of those writers who, it looks so simple. There are very few big words. And so the sentences are so clean. She reminds me of my favourite writer in English, Ursula Le Guin. So it's just the, the music and shape of that language. So I think like every Malaysian have a quite complex, at times tortured relationship to language, languages. I went to Chinese primary school. So first, first six years of my schooling was in Chinese. And then went to Sekolah uh, Kebangsaan, for secondary school, but we spoke English at home. It's been a lifetime of language shaming, <laughs> being on the receiving end of language shaming, you know. Zurina Hassan's writing really helped me to fall in love with Asim Melayu again. I mean, definitely because of the subjects that she writes about, but also the movement of the language. Like I said, it's very clean and deceptively simple. So the writing actually teaches you about the language. It's very direct and accessible in that way, but not simplified. The ideas and images are sophisticated. They're just extremely clear. The writing speaks to the heart. very spicy, honestly. The subjects that she writes about, she writes about uh, politicians in power. In this poetry collection, there's several poems <laughs> addressed to YDs. One of my favourite ones is about the first day in power of a politician. After being in the opposition for so long, this politician, this YD, is finally in power and it's a poem that pictures him, I suppose. I read the, the politician in the poem as a gendered as a him and uh, his thoughts, his doubts about being in power for the first time uh, after a long struggle and then uh, him musing to himself that perhaps this is the first day of the beginning of losing power. Poetry like this is, is very relevant to our times. It speaks a lot about common subjects as well. This book is um, divided into two sections. 
the first section, it's got the title Cerita Rumah Kami. The cool thing about it is that she she writes in her introduction that the home that she means here is like the, the household, uh, the kampung, the neighbourhood and as well as the country. The subjects encompass all these aspects of home. And then the second section of the book is Pengertian and that's more like insights or meanings that she's gotten from observations of uh, daily life. The, the points in this first section are like storytelling. So they tell stories about politicians, about uh, VCD sellers, about migrant workers. And one of my favorite is episode Pengilang Rokok. So it's a story about a cigarette factory owner So it's uh, written from the point of view of that owner's daughter, I guess, daughter or son. It's talking about her parent. And uh, it's a very pedas, unsparing address to this parent who owns the cigarette factory about how he's uh, sponsoring, you know, big sporting events and uh, promoting healthy living. But actually, it's all to sell cigarettes. It also talks about not just doing sponsorship of, this, uh, of these sporting events, but also doing charity. And the, the hypocrisy, I guess, of that. The directness of it was very surprising to me. And the, the sharpness of the critique. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's, she's great. Yeah, like I said, I, <laughs> I specifically chose a book by Zarina because uh, she's the National Laureate and uh, there is a legitimacy about that, which can't be denied. But the voice that she brings to that legitimized position is very refreshing and sharp and not exactly pleasant. I suppose, especially to those in power, that makes her essential reading for our times. She's a writer that doesn't symbolize what Malaysia is or means. It's more that she's speaking to us and telling us things that we need to hear. You just heard artist Sharon Chin discussing Kumpulan Puisi, Cerita Dalam Cerita by National Laureate Zarina Hassan and sharing her thoughts on the musicality and simplicity of her language and the politics that the collection covers. So that's it for the first of our two episodes that spotlight recommendations of Malaysian books by Malaysians. Next week, we'll be hearing more of these. But in the meantime, we also want to hear from you. Yeah, so tell us your favourite Malaysian books and authors. Um, you can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio, write to us at bythebook@bfm.my, and remember uh, to come back for more next week when we'll have more recommendations. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.